The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. One time. Just one time. I wish that man would say, also the hometown of Dr. Ray. Not once. Nice to have you here. This is The Doctor Is In. Delighted to be with you live after our hiatus for the Christmas holidays as they began. So, very good to have you. 877. That's enough. I mean, if you really if you really wanted to call in, you you'd know the number. What? All right, I'll tell them. 877 573 7825 877 57 equal number to call to get on to the program. I would be particularly interested, although this is certainly not limiting your call range. I'd be particularly interested in hearing, um, oh, some of your experiences over the very beginning of the Christmas holidays, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, what went well, what went bad. And if you said, okay, what could I have done differently? What would you suggest, my man? You can call me man. That's okay. I'm 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 comfortable with that. Um, eight seven seven fifty seven equal. That's the number. Any any question really regarding circumstances and situations and people, and they don't have to be particular. They can be generic. Faith intersecting with psychology, various aspects of psychology, emotions, and diagnoses you don't understand, words you don't understand, dreams. That's a big one, huh? Dreams. Sigmund Void, Veleluz Abel Indrastrudel, all of that. So, very, very nice. Now, this is a quote from the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. It was written in 1952. The words he uses are from that era, the particular points that he makes are from that era but we can substitute and you'll see where we can do that bring it into the present I offer this because I'm seeing more and more people formally and definitely informally who are distressed not at peace in various states of anxiety over what they see going on in our culture, in our country, in our church, in our circumstances. 
This is Lewis. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. Now, keep in mind, this is 1952, so this was right smack in the middle of the atomic scare. You could put any scare in there. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? In other words, the fear of total destruction. I am tempted to reply, why... As you would have lived in the 16th century, when the plague visited London almost every year. Or as you would have lived in a Viking age, when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of disease, an age of paralysis, an age of raids, an age of accidents. In other words... Do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madame, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors. Anesthetics. (laughs) But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed, let us be destroyed when it comes time to find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting with our friends. Not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. If you know anything about history, human history has been brutal. It's been ugly. When the apostles went out into the Roman Empire, that was was a totally pagan empire. They worship all kinds of gods, or they worship no gods. So here comes the apostles going out into a world that didn't think like them at all. When our Lord said, I give you peace, not as the world gives you peace. In other words, the world can't give you peace. I'll give you peace. And we don't have peace because we're looking around and saying, how can I have peace? As I look at all that, how can I have peace? That, what are we calling our Lord a liar? We're saying, yeah, but but Jesus, you, you, you don't really understand how bad it is, you know. Do you know the plague, I think it was the 13th century, killed a third of Europe? Can you imagine one of every three people you know dead? Think about that. 
or conquering hordes that just completely took over a country and took the people and took the women and the children, basically did whatever they wanted with the people. This this is like human history. This is stuff. We look around us. We say, oh, it's so bad. How could it ever be worse than this? Are you kidding? It's always been worse than this. The reason we think it's so awful and terrible and horrible is because it's at us all the time. For most of human history, you didn't know much of what was going on beyond your immediate world. Now you know everything. 5,000 miles away, you're going to hear about it. Isn't that awful? Isn't that terrible? The human being is not made to absorb that kind of evil and negativity. We can't. So what happens? We despair. We say, what now? When our Lord said, I'll give you peace, he meant it. Do I pay attention to the news? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But the only reason I do is because it doesn't really affect me emotionally. I go into it with the mindset that says, all right, how can I benefit from hearing this? Can I become more grateful? Can I become more appreciative? Can I recognize all that I now have in my own little world? All the food I could possibly eat, all the comforts I could possibly have. Living to 70, 80, 85, 90 years of age routinely in a world where the age expectancy was 30, 35, 40 if you made it. We're so chronologically trapped. We look at it as right now, and how bad it is. But if we do that, then we're basically telling the Lord, I really can't have your peace. You know that, don't you? I know you said, but uh, I don't know if you really, I mean, you lived 2,000 years ago. I mean, you know, do you really know what's kind of going on right now? I mean, that's what we're doing in effect. If you can't handle it, don't listen to it. But if you do listen to it, Put it in the proper context. In many ways, this is the best people have ever lived by far. You don't have to worry about being conquered, knowing what's coming over the next hill. And you would not have any recourse to the courts. Our courts are terrible. Yeah, but they're one whole heck of a lot better than when you were conquered by other countries or when you lived in a dictatorship like much of the world still does. So let's quit whining. Let's quit beating our breasts. But the church, look at the church. You're looking at the church as it has always struggled, as it has always not fit in this world. Our Lord said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. He saw that. He knew it. Instead, be grateful for all that you have. And be grateful that you know what you know, given it would be so easy not to believe. It would be so easy to say this is all just a bunch of bunkum. And science has disproved God. Anybody who says that doesn't know science. Be at peace. That's what our Lord said. 
And you're not going to be at peace if you just keep looking around you saying, it's all so awful. How could I be at peace? My kids have left the church. How could I be at peace? And once again, you don't take the Lord at his word then. Be at peace in the new year. I'm Dr. Ray. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. So when you see these different media outlets working directly in conjunction or conclusion with the government to suppress stories, what does that say to us about the reliability or lack thereof of the secular media? And then this is combined with a report that came out, a survey that was done on media executives. They interviewed 75 media leaders around the country, and they're saying, we're done with objectivity. Well, that's not exactly a news flash, but the fact that they're claiming that objectivity is just no longer necessary, and we are elitists, we know better, and this is what we're going to do, is frightening. And this is one of the reasons that we stress the importance of having outlets such as The Register and EW10 News Nightly and The World Over and Catholic News Agency and EW10 News In Depth. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence? in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Dr. Ray Garendi, a top graduate of the Catholic Radio Association for, um, I mean, articulate and stuff like. Good to have you with me. Good to be back. Missed you guys, and uh, I can't prove it, but I suspect there were a lot more unruly children in restaurants the last several days. Before we go to your calls, I want to do a quick push. Uh, And I'm going to push a little harder now because the numbers are low, which is really surprising. On January 16th, we will be taping four episodes of Living Right with Dr. Ray in Birmingham at the EWTN studios. So even if you don't want to be part of our audience, you get to see EWTN. It's particularly important for those of you in the Birmingham area, our affiliate there, or Atlanta, the Quest, that big boomer there. You're not all that far away. So if you go to EWTN.com forward slash Live, you can sign up for one, two, three, or four of the programs. They are during the day. I think they're 9, 10, 30, 12, and 1.30 or somewhere thereabouts. I haven't looked at the exact uh, times, but sure would like to have you. All right, Tom called last week and did not get on. Hello there, Tom. 
Hello there, sir. Well, hi, Dr. A. I wow, appreciate the uh, call. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for your monologue there. I, it really hit home. Uh, I am occasionally someone who, is, who goes through anxiety, and that uh, helping put things in perspective there really helped uh, peace. And that. Uh, well, I hope that it is, sticks. Uh, I hope it sticks. I hope it just wasn't something where you said, okay, yeah, that's something to think about. And then three days from now when you hear some bad news somewhere, you just go floating right back into your into your pit. Correct. Yeah, that is that that is the goal for sure, though. Um, but I have had some counseling with that. But but that's actually not the reason why I, I called uh, the. Uh, but it may. I don't know. If, I don't know if it plays a part in it or not, though. But uh, um, I'm a, we're first time grandparents, and we're in our early sixties, and we have a granddaughter who just turned five, and uh, our son and daughter in law are new. You know, that's their first child, and. Uh, with her, they, um, it, it's one thing that we see, and I don't know if there's anything we, we should or could do besides pray for them or whether this is anything to be concerned about or not, but, it, but uh, she gets, uh, they, say, they seem to go out of their way to remove her from any kind of scary situation or anything that might instill any kind of uh, fear in her at all. Uh, and they just kind of keep those situations away from her to where she doesn't witness them or experience them in any way. Uh, for example, uh, when a close friend of the family that she knew passed away, uh, they didn't tell her about it. They had, I mean, my wife wound up being the one that that uh, explained it to her. And and just, just recently around Christmas, we were watching the old Grinch cartoon, you know, where... Uh, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas, and and uh, there's a part in there where I guess that always scared me. About ready, you know, where the yeah, and that scared her too. And she <laughs> called out, "No, no, no, I don't want." It. And she kind of ran out of the the thing. And and my wife and I were explaining to her, uh, or we'd say, "No, no, he, it's not going to fall. It's not going to fall on them." And the doggy's not Max isn't going to fall or anything. And uh, and it's going to be okay. And she goes, "No, no, no," and she didn't. Uh, Tom, why are you worried? Why are you why are why are you worried about her parents keeping her away from stuff that shakes her up? Well, I guess that's uh, well. We're, we're I guess in the back of my mind, I, I I don't know. I guess I'm wanting to know what stuff is age appropriate and at what point should be should should she understand how the real how the real world, world works? works like, right, we got to expose her to the real world, right? If we keep well, her- not not necessarily the, uh, uh, but uh, but like uh, like even like Bambi, they, they they didn't want her to watch Bambi because the Bambi's mother gets killed, um, and but these were things that with our kids they were watching Bambi and Lady and the Tramp and things like that. At, that you see what happened? Man. You see what you did? Now they've grown up to be these fearful parents. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you were. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh, here's the yeah. gist of your question. Now, when you said, is this age appropriate, there's no answer to that. Because some five-year-olds would go, oh, cool. And other five-year-olds would dive under the couch. Mm-hmm. My 12-year-old daughter, when we, uh, when she was growing up, I think finally was able to watch the Three Stooges. 
at age 12. Oh, knocking around with heads and stuff. Yeah, because she got all scared about it. And my eight-year-old son and I were like, oh, that's funny. So, first question, I'll, I'll, I'll ease your mind here. It's not some kind of formula on what age is appropriate. Secondly, if she's a sensitive little girl, and they're saying, eh, we don't want to push on that sensitivity. We don't want to, we don't want to make her, look, honey, this is okay. You're going to be fine. It's, it's a real world. It's ugly out there. You got to get used to it. What, whatever. And they don't want to do that. Hey, they're the parents. That's their decision. Right. Okay. You're worried. You're worried that this kid's not going to be able to deal with life. That this kid's going to be 12 years old, still diving under the couch when she watches Bambi. Highly unlikely. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Because first of okay. all, she's probably going to go to school. And once she starts going to school, she's going to see all kinds of stuff. Sadly. But she will. So Yeah, she's in pre-K now, by the way. Yeah. She got, she's going to come home with words and things that her parents are going to go, Okay, homeschool. Homeschool. Which is what we did, which is what I did with my wife when I didn't like my second and first grader coming home with all kinds of horrible worldliness. And I said, that's enough. I want my kids to be innocent for a while. So given that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't at all bother myself over this. At all. Zero. Zip. And even if, okay, okay, even if you said, I disagree with the way they're doing it. Okay, you can disagree with that, but it's their kid. Right. Yeah, we, we haven't said anything to them yeah, at all no, whatsoever. No, no, no. And they're figuring, hey, come on, she's easily she's easily flustered. Uh, no sense putting her in front of things that are going to fluster her. Okay. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay. Yeah, but what if she's nine and they're still doing this? Well, she's not nine and they still ain't doing it yet, so it's just not something you don't have to worry about, at least at this point. Okay. All right, my All friend. right. Well, I guess we'll just we'll just hang hang tight then, and oh, maybe yeah. that was just my anxiety uh, raising its ugly head a little bit. Well, you're. I'm going to use this as a look back call because your anxiety is so reflective of the way we are now looking at raising children. What if they're not doing it right? That's what we're doing. That's what that's where we are now. And and we just look at this and go, okay, wait, 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 wait. This is going to cause psychological problems. You know, it could. That's what we do now. Instead of just saying, yeah, I got a five-year-old granddaughter, or I got a five-year-old daughter, or I got a four-year-old son who gets shook up real easily when they watch scary stuff, so we don't let them watch scary stuff. End of story. We don't do that anymore. We fill it with meaning. All right, okay. my friend. Right. Be at peace. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. All righty. I'll see you. Appreciate that very much. You're uh, welcome. Bye-bye. By the way, Catherine from Atlanta, uh, you... You wanted to say thank you. Uh, you're welcome. However, this is my problem. You called in July, and you finally implemented what we talked about. And it works, you say. First of all, I don't know what we talked about. I don't know how it worked. But my question is, what was it that made you wait multiple months to do what we talked about. You must have had reservations. Or you said to yourself, well, it'll work, but I'm, I'm just too scared to do it. Or I want to keep trying it the way I'm trying it. You finally broke down. And you said, okay, maybe this, guy's, maybe this guy's got something I can use. And you did it. And it worked. And you're taking credit for it. Right? Well, 
unbeknownst to you, I planted timed, released advice into your brain. Set to go off at some point several months down the road. And when it went off, you acted upon it. And it had the effect that I had hoped it would have. I didn't put the advice in you for that moment. It was one of those pills that your body has to digest to release the innards of it. Psychologically timed, released advice. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. Dr. Ray, oh, good questions up there. Please, nobody go away. Don't do that. I'm groveling. Father Benedict Rochelle. I don't think people should have negative fears of God. But I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have. And we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize his presence. And in proportion, as we believe that he is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Believers who respond to God's word and become members of Christ's body become intimately united to him, the Catholic Catechism tells us. Through the sacraments, those who believe are intimately united with Christ in a very real and hidden way. The body's unity does not do away with the diversity of its members who engage in a diversity of functions. The unity of the mystical body triumphs over all human divisions. There are no Jews, no Greeks, no slave, no free man. All are one in the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body of the church, the principle of creation and redemption. We are united with Christ in his Passover. All his members must strive to resemble him until Christ is formed in them. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Dr. Ray Garendi, an elite member, Catholic Media SWAT team, stopping whining and tantrums. Real nice to have you with me. We get to the questions because there's some really good ones up there. Always are. Teresa from Columbus, Ohio. Had a wonderful time down in Columbus a few months back. I suspect that Teresa did not come to the taping of the TV show, and that's why right now she's just asking these questions in a confused state of mind. Hi, Teresa. Oh, hi, Dr. Ray. Welcome did, back. You didn't go, did you? Uh, no, I did not. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> 
And and I, you were the same Teresa that a number of people came to me and said, I have a friend named Teresa. She really should be here. So I was thinking, <laughs> could be. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you for taking the call and thank sure. you for your words at the beginning of the show. That were great. Thank you. <laughs> Well, this question was directly dealt with in a book that I wrote some time back, and it's called When Faith Causes Family Friction, and it's going to be re-released, God willing, at some point down the road through EWTN, but it is the exact same question that you're asking. So you ask it. Really? Yeah. 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 I, uh, especially with you, I thought this would be an interesting answer. <laughs> you could take that any one of a number of ways there, Teresa. <laughs> Flag that, Andrew. It's a good bumper. Good bumper <laughs> remarks. Especially with you, I thought this could be an interesting answer. I thought, oh yeah, well, I have a lot of family members, you know, who are recommending counseling. Um, For you? However, I have faith. Yes. Mm. However, I have faith, and I, I I'm full of joy. In, in my opinion, <laughs> I. Why do they think I, you need I've counseling? Been a lot. I've been I've been through a lot. Why do they think you need counseling? Because I've been through a lot. But they aren't look. They just automatically are assuming that because you've been through a lot, you should be at a certain emotional state, and because you're not in that emotional state, you're denying it. I'm not sure. Um, the, there's been a lot molestation. It, uh, anyway, whatever, a lot of it. And then most recently, they lost their dad. Um, so my husband passed at an early age of 56, shockingly, suddenly. So, uh, that you know, I I think they just think that you have been through so much. How can you? How can you not need counseling? How how are you know? I I think that's it. I don't know, but I just thought it would be a good question for you to uh, you being a counselor. Is faith enough? For some people, it is. I feel like okay, good. For some people, many people can say, "I have been through some very tough stuff." However, I am so content in my faith, and I have found a way to navigate it. And to not be destroyed by it. And the world doesn't understand that. People without faith oftentimes look to psychology to to fix it. And psychology sometimes is a poor substitute for people of deep faith. So if you say to yourself, I am content. Yes, these things happen to me. But I move forward. I'm grateful to the grace of God. I am at peace. And the folks looking at you are thinking, you shouldn't be. What's wrong with you? I know if that happened to me, I couldn't deal with it. Right. Right. Ask them a simple question, Teresa. Say, why do you think... No, you ask them two simple questions. Why do you think I need counseling? And they'll give you the answer you expect, which is, well, because, you know, all the things that have happened to you and your husband died and that, and then you've had that history of the molestation. And then you ask them, 
do you think that my faith isn't enough for me? And watch their answers as they stumble around, because they will. <laughs> well, it's good, you know, it's good that you have faith, but you know, sometimes faith is not enough, and, and there are times, and there are times when you just have to work through some things, and then even though, even though you're, uh, we know, Aunt Teresa, you're a religious person, but even, the, even at that, I mean, there's sometimes, you know, you have to, and then you look at them and you say, you're having a hard time understanding why this hasn't destroyed me, aren't you? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they are like, you need coping methods. You need to be told some coping Well, if I have faith, and I'm content and joyful, and I have my church family, and I... Uh, are they looking at you... Radio? <laughs> well, you look... Tell Okay, here's the best answer you give them. <laughs> I listened to that Dr. Roy Ganudi guy. And uh, yeah, I mean he's he's just put me on solid footing. Yeah. Now right. here's the here's the thing. You ask him this if you want to ask him another question. Are you saying this because you think that I'm really not dealing with this well, or are you saying this because you think I shouldn't be this content with all that's happened to me? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know. I knew if I talked on mm-hmm. long enough, I'd come up with a better question. <laughs> yeah, that's, those are all good. Yeah. They might say, Teresa, you're an emotional wreck, and you're denying it. Now, they might say that. And if they do say that, you say, okay, well, how, how am I an emotional wreck? I don't feel like an emotional wreck, so you tell me what I'm doing that you think I'm an emotional wreck. And I'll, I'll bet you. If you are being straight here with me, Teresa, and that in fact you are you are dealing with life very well, then they'll say, "Well, you should be doing worse." So therefore, obviously you haven't dealt with this. Isn't that ironic? Think about how ironic <laughs> that is, Teresa. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Because you're dealing with it well, we think something's wrong with you. <laughs> it's, called, it, oh. it's exactly what I just said the previous question, which mm-hmm. is, um, well, we, we we have to look for meaning in everything. We can't just simply say, well, Teresa looks okay to me. She's a woman of faith. Good for her. And how can faith be enough, right? It, it is. Now, there's times when it can't be. I mean, obviously, there's, there's biochemical reasons for for uh, emotional struggles. That's true. And sometimes the overwhelming uh, hits get per- people to think, yes, I have faith, so why am I not coping with this? And so you can you can work within the context of their faith to give them better thinking skills. I get a lot. I get a lot of people in my office that I have no doubt have faith, but they're still struggling. And I'm not going to say to them, well, you don't have enough faith. That's why you're struggling. No, most of the time they're thinking stinks. That's why. Okay. All righty. Well, I, I think my thinking is okay. <laughs> I think, Better girl. I, I, I generally love people, so I do need people in my life. Um, and I have, like, like I said, the church family and friends and, yeah. And you did? Well. My church family, friends, and you know what was missing? You know what was missing? And, and Dr. Ray. Yes, thank you. <laughs> God bless you, dear. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye. This is Dr. Ray.
Dr. Ray Garendi. Most experts don't think like you do. Go to the computer. Type in child, self-esteem, search. Last time I looked, 31 million options. The experts believe self-esteem is the preeminent moral virtue. Type in child, humility, search. Crickets. Why? When was the last time you heard a secular expert talk about humility? But that's at the very core of the virtues we want to teach our children. Always remember one thing. When an expert tells you how to raise your child, you have to ask a question. Is this expert of the same worldview that I am? Does he or she value the same virtues I want to impart to my children? Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. John 14. This is Jesus in the upper room with the disciples before he's going out to his sacrifice of himself for our salvation. And Philip says to the Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus looks at Philip and says, Philip, have I been with you all this time? Don't you understand? When you see me, you're looking at the Father. In fact, only two people throughout human history have given rise to the question, not who is he, but what is he? The two people are Buddha and Jesus. Buddha's answer was, don't come to me, don't look to me, look to my doctrine, look to what I teach. Jesus' answer was, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. Jesus is explicitly claiming to be God. Ladies, remember the rule number one of buying gifts for men. When in doubt, buy him a cordless drill. Doesn't matter if he already has one. As a man, you can never have too many cordless drills. No one knows why. Just in case, if you can't afford a cordless drill, buy him anything with the word ratchet or socket in it. Men love saying those words. Hey, George, can I borrow your ratchet? Yeah, by the way, you through with my 3-8-inch socket set yet? That's right. Cordless drill, ratchet or socket. Um, Roberta, Colorado. <laughs> she is, isn't she? Hi, Roberta. Yes. Hello, <laughs> These, Dr. Ray. Thank you for taking my call. Young girls are disturbing your peace. Well, I'm going to make it brief. I know I'm a perfectionist at a lot of things. I like kind of managing people, and there are times when I shouldn't. And and this incident happened a couple of years ago. We were on a trip, uh, my daughter and a couple of her friends, and we were going out. And there was a front, a young man at the front desk, and I went down and told the girls, "Hey, there's a nice young man downstairs. You might want to go talk to him." So they all did. Long story short. Uh, my daughter and the older, the other daughter were a, little, a couple years older than the other girl. They, they got along well, but the other girl just kind of made a play for it, and as I thought. And they had a good time, and they all got to talking, and they went out one night, and I felt comfortable with them going out. There was four of them, three girls with one guy, and he may have had other friends. He but loved she it. came to the house to pick them up, 
and naturally, my two, my daughter and the other girl, they dressed, I felt appropriately. They had long dresses. They were going out to dinner. The other young lady, she wore a short mini dress. I felt very badly about that. I thought it was inappropriate. And not, they're all Catholics, girls, good girls. They're all girls. Long story short, I made some comments to the girl after the fact, and it kind of upset the trip a little. I didn't know that it upset her that bad. Um, I just thought it was, you know, I'm as a Catholic mom, kind of a chaperone, but I wasn't, but yet they're adults. I shouldn't have said anything, and I tend to open my mouth at times when I shouldn't. So long story short, here we are, several years later. I've apologized, but before I did that, I sent a picture to the parents telling them, this is what I did and said. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. I apologize, but I did it. So they saw the picture. They saw their daughter. They saw my daughter and her friend, what I called appropriately dressed. They took great offense. These people are wonderful people. I feel so bad. My heart is broken. I have prayed for years, several years now. God, to please work a miracle, the Blessed Mother, to bring our friendship back together. But basically, they want nothing to do with me. They said they've forgiven me, but basically they didn't say this, that they don't want nothing to do with me. I sent one last card this Christmas, thinking from, praying for a miracle that God would open and soften their hearts, and that I could talk to them really and sincerely of everything that I said and did and how sorry I am. But I got, I got no response. I got no miracle, and I'm heartbroken, but yet I did it, and I'm the perfectionist. I shouldn't have done it. And I'm, I'm disturbed because these are Eucharistic ministers. They go to church and they distribute communion. I'm thinking, oh, please, God, surely you'll see my way. But I don't know. I'm probably thinking wrong. So forgive me, Lord. Help me to understand. I should just stay away and don't, don't think about it anymore and let it go. That's my question. What do uh, I do? Let me, let me throw some, uh, well, let me throw some what I think is realism at you, but it, it might become come across to you as bad news. Yeah. Many people would say, Roberta, you were right in making the observation. Those girls were under your supervision. You opened up a situation that you thought would be relatively harmless, and it didn't work out that way, and you were right to say something. However, I was right you s- to say something you said. Yes. Okay. Well, Thank some you. people would think you're right to say something. I, I would, I, if it were me, I would, uh, I'd probably judge whether I should say something or not, given what I know about the girl and etc. Given yeah. that, when you sent the picture to the parents, and they reacted very badly. Probably. Well, more than probably, they're not talking to you. They're not talking to me. Yes, yes, they right. did. They so did. That's oh, pretty God. badly. I'm so sorry. So, so sorry. Yeah. Now, okay, so you apologize. It was a good thing to do. You did it. You apologize. Why do you think they reacted so, so out of proportion to what you did and sending the pictures? Why do you think they did that? How dare you criticize our daughter? How dare you? Yes. How dare you criticize our daughter and us? We are good parents. We don't like your implication about our daughter, like she's some kind of street walker. Right. Now, Now you want the really bad news? Yeah. Okay. And I'm only basing this on what you just said. 
We yes. shrink types. We yes. listen in between the lines, which gets us in trouble, but we do. Yeah. You said, I'm a perfectionist. You said, in essence, I have some very strong feelings about this stuff. Yep. And my guess would be, you tell me if I'm way off. But if you mm-hmm. do tell me I'm way off, I won't listen to you. But go ahead. You can tell me. Um, <laughs> that they probably thought you do too much of that. And this was the last straw, and they just didn't want to hear any more of your comments or observations or what they thought was judgment. I thought there for a second I could be wrong, and that that would I would have just stopped the show right then and there. Uh, And I think that's what it is. So it wasn't the good news is it was not the picture, and it was not the comment that did it. That was the last if you will, to use a cliche, straw. Straw, yeah. That's, that's what it. did it. And they finally okay. said, that's enough. Now, here's where yeah. you can have peace. Yeah. You, you apologized. You said, I opened my mouth. I shouldn't have. And they, yeah. quote unquote, did not give you any indication that they forgave you. They didn't, did they? Yeah. No. Okay. No. So which really reflects bad on them, very bad on them. However, okay, let, let me draw a couple of more threads together. And again, I could be way off on this. I know. You're perfect. I understand. Yeah, not perfect, but semi. So well, given that, the fact that their daughter obviously has those clothes, this is no shock to them. They know their daughter has clothes like that, and she dresses very trendy like the standard teen girl trendy. does these days. Okay, they know that. Yeah. They obviously allow it. And therefore, the question is, and again, here's where I'm really stretching. I have no idea. I'm just throwing this out. Yep. If they're loose about that with their daughter, then they also could be loose about having to forgive you because they've kind of decided that your Catholicism is a little bit too rigid and theirs is much more open. And therefore, they're not really required to forgive you. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Oh. Just throwing it out as a hypothesis. However. But being Eucharistic ministers, they're going to think like that? Well, I don't that, know. I guess that, you're right. That, that, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, that doesn't mean anything okay. at all. I mean, we, 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 all do, we, can all do, we can all do pious things. It doesn't mean it's going to translate yeah. into certain kind of, of moral conduct. You're right. You're right. Okay, so that's that, You're right. that yeah. okay. doesn't shock me at all. That's why there's bad priests. Come that. on. You could say, what a, but being a priest? Okay. Yeah, you there's bad it. priests. No, you're good. Yeah. You're good. So yep. here's for you the difference. You've done what is good and right. They've not. They've chosen not to associate with you anymore because they just simply don't like your approach. Okay. Yeah. Take a lesson, though. In the future, yeah. be more careful about this kind of stuff. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. There you go. Yeah. All right, Roberta. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much. You've made Merry my Christmas. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Dr. Ray. John, we come back. You're up, buddy. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. 
We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Number three, buying prisons for men. If you're really, really broke, you can't you can't afford a cordless drill, you can't anything with ratchet or socket in it, buy him something for his car. 90, 99 cent ice scraper, small bottle of de-icer, something to hang from the rear view mirror. We guys, we like gifts for our cars. By the way, my Buick, I had it fixed. It the springs, the rear springs went through the frame. And they basically said, that's it. She's dead. Pull the plug. I hated to turn in something that new. 2002. Buick. So I had it welded. Cost a little money. But I had it welded. And she's as good as new. 2002. Only 23 years old. Come on. You know I have self-confidence when I'm driving a brown 2002 Buick with a bob and dog in the back. And I have to wear a hat. And the turn signal's always on because that's what they do in those old Buicks. Two more years, historic plates. John from Portland, Oregon. Hey, John. Hello there, Doc. It's uh, been a while. And it I has. wanted to give you an update. I'm the that older Navy corpsman that had a major head injury and went to have a surgery. Wanted to give you, you and the and your crew, an update. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In, Interesting, John, that you'd put it that way. Navy corpsman, you and your crew, huh? <laughs> Didn't even notice you said that, did you? I did not. That's right. <laughs> Just where my. That God called me to be a corpsman, and you know why? It's because Christ lives in me, and I've come into the church uh, um, back a couple of years ago, so it's still a mystery. See? You, um, you, hey, you came into the boat of Peter, just to use another uh, name. Oh, no, you've, uh, that's going to be a book when I first walked in. <laughs> yeah, it was the boat, for sure. I felt like I was back on the Mercy Hospital ship during Desert Shield. Um 
But yeah, I wanted to uh, give you an update. Um, I had, uh, due to the old head injury um, that needed surgery, you know, 30 years ago plus, and, and I couldn't stay in the military. But anyhow, I was a great candidate due to the medically resistant word. Um, and of course, other uh, stresses and other things, um, and maybe my age, caused me to not you know, be able to be effective uh, prescription recipient. So I went and had um, up at the local medical school here the medial temporal lobe surgery that was, captures all the words of all the scars. Um, and so that was back in July, and this corpsman is out hiking away and getting up to 10, 15 miles a day, you know, and about two months or three months after it, a big explosion in my ear. And um, bottom line is, is it's a, the internal, you know, sutures popped, you know, now I have some tinnitus and stuff. And uh, it's kind of in a weird paradox to say this, but I'm so happy to be healed removed of epilepsy but yet now i'm a little bit upset that a surgeon couldn't <laughs> tighten down the the ropes so that i didn't have this i guess most common rip after the surgery with tinnitus well you don't know john that he didn't tighten down the ropes all you know all you know is that happened and for you to say yeah. it was his mistake how can you know that that's why i'm calling that's why I'm calling. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> and right. if you okay, if you say let's 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 take it that it was his mistake. Let's say that for whatever the reason, he fell short in proper post-op procedure. What you're saying is, I'm demanding that he not make a mistake. I'm demanding that he do it as protocol that's what you're saying now you can say i'm saddened or disappointed because that happened we don't know why it happened could be his mistake could be just the way it is but when you when you demand when you say it should not have happened that's when you ratchet up your resentment and your anger that's why i'm calling <laughs> Hey, to okay, to continue with our nautical lingo, I'm getting tired of bailing you out. <laughs> you know, just kick me out. Kick me, <laughs> kick me out of the ocean. I'll, I'll survive. This this stubborn corman will pop up on That's the That's right, somewhere. buddy. Throw hey, throw out the anchor of your faith, man. Hey, and I on a call that you had previously, um there was same thing happened to me. People were like, don't you need counseling? Don't you need to go? I'm like, no, no. We are an, it, we are an over-psychologized exactly. society, John. We truly are. Hey, sure. God bless you. I got to run. The, the uh, clock is telling me shut up. So, appreciate it very much. Walk with God, or in John's case, swim with God. Your perpetual swim. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.